Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. So listen to this, and, and it ties with everything we want to say this morning. Thankfulness opens the door to my presence. Though I am always with you, I have gone to great measures to preserve your freedom of choice. I have placed a door between you and me, and I have empowered you to open or close that door. There are many ways to open it, but a grateful attitude is one of the most effective. I believe that. I really believe this. Thankfulness is built on a substructure of trust. Let me say that again. Thankfulness is built on a substructure of trust. When thankful words stick in your throat, you need to check up on your foundation of trust. When thankfulness flows freely from your heart and lips, let your gratitude draw you closer to me. I want you to learn the art of giving thanks in all circumstances. I love that sentence. I want you to learn the art, the dance, the rhythm of it. It doesn't say thankful for all circumstances, it says to be thankful in them, that we're grateful no matter what's going on. See how many times you can thank me daily. Now, we might look a little strange, but remember, we're we're Christians. We are a little strange. We should be a little strange to the world. They should go, what? You know, they, they shouldn't completely understand us. If they did, then they don't need Jesus because it takes Jesus to understand Jesus and it takes Jesus to understand us. That's why when you're in a restaurant and you're, you're talking to the waiter or the waitress and, the, and you're going, oh, they have to be a believer. And you find out they are. Well, that's why. They... You, can't be understood without that. See how many times you can thank me daily. This will awaken your awareness to a multitude of blessings. Gratefulness leads us to see things. It will also cushion the impact of trials when they come against you. Oh, isn't that profound? Practice my presence by practicing the discipline of thankfulness. We don't normally think of being thankful as a discipline. Dan Caudell once said this to me. Some of you know who Dan was, but he heard it from somebody else. But he said, the seeds of bitterness cannot take root in a grateful heart. It's real hard. Now, seeds get thrown our way every day. There's a few that I've choked on, you know. It's one thing if you have a watermelon seed. Another thing, if you have an avocado seed, <laughs> you know, it depends on what comes your way. Uh, but they can't take root, even if they're tiny, in our hearts when they're grateful. Because it just can't spring up. Because thankfulness and gratefulness work in such a way that we learn from God. It's one of the, Thankfulness is one of the tools, and we're going to talk about it this morning, is God wants us to increase. Remember what we've been, the theme we've been looking at this summer. God wants us to increase in two things, grace and knowledge. And he set out principles in his word 
by which we can do that. Now, principles aren't legalism. Principles are wisdom. Um, let's look at it this way. About it. Let me give an example of giving. Now, you may not agree with me, but tithing is not required in the New Covenant. It's not a requirement. That would be legalism. You don't have to tithe. But the principles of giving and how God responds to somebody who has a cheerful and a giving heart, he says in 1 Corinthians, God likes that. He honors it. He blesses it. And you will never outgive him. So that's part of God's economy is the way he measures back. So he's not looking at you can turn it into legalism, I must give 10%, or you can do it out of relationship to him and say, Lord, you've blessed me and I'm thankful. I want to thank you for all I've given me. And this is how I want to, that thankfulness to look. I'm going to give some away. And he goes, oh, you can't outdo me. And, and so it just keeps flowing in and in and in and in. And I, it's just a principle so it's not legalism, but within the wisdom of God, uh, you can't find the wisdom of God without the knowing God. And we're to grow in our knowledge of God. We're to grow in our knowledge of grace. He says it in different ways, and these are all symbolic. Uh, and, and I'll use mostly the New Testament. So in Hebrews whoever the writer was, I believe it was Paul, he says, pursue holiness. Well, does that mean I'm in trouble if I'm not pursuing holiness? No. He's laying out a wisdom principle. It says, pursue holy things. What are holy things? Well, gratefulness is a holy thing. Praise is a holy thing. Believing. Faith. Hope, love, those are all holy things. And when we pursue them, the increase of the knowledge of God comes to us in, in an incredible way. This verse right here. Now, we looked last week about how God in, in inviting us, and he wants to reveal who he is to us, and how the, the word and the spirit always are in cooperation. So when you're feeling, sensing something from God, how it always, it never violates the word. That's one of the ways you can test it. Was that God? Have you ever had those was that God moments? Uh, you're talking to some, again to somebody in the store and they say something to you and it's about what, what you've been thinking about. You're going, was it God? Probably. How do you know that? Because he sends confirmation from those outside of us who don't have a knowledge. And so it confirms what God's taking us through. And you can get it, you start getting into a rhythm. And uh, those rhythms are actually grace in our lives. And uh, remember where we started with this. God is always consistent in who he is. He's always shocking with what he will do. You cannot predict what God will do, but you can remain consistent in that it will always be good because God is good. He doesn't change. God's love, 
you know, love's such a funny thing because we, especially romantic love, we look at that we fall in love and fall out of love. We go, these things that people go through and stuff. That isn't the love of God. God doesn't grow in love towards you. God loves you. He doesn't grow in his love towards you. Here's one of the most reassuring thing that every believer, when you can own this in your knowledge of God, is that God loves me as much right now as the day I will stand before him in heaven. When that becomes the constant in all of your struggle, everything that you're going through, when that becomes the constant in your life. Uh, I was up in Iowa and my, my brother and I were kind of discussing some of this. When those things are yours and you own them, there's something about a rhythm of the understanding of God that carries us through, yes, even when the difficult times come. And they, they harness for us an understanding in a way that other people can hear it and they don't hear us, they hear God. Oh, when I speak, the Lord speaks. No, get rid of all that weird stuff from the past. But when it does prompt you, let's go back to the grocery store thing, and you're walking through the grocery store, and you get to the checkout counter, and there's just something off with the clerk, and it says, going, something off with you? you? Just say, hey, are you doing okay? Now, if you get a, yeah, leave me alone, guess what? Leave him alone. <laughs> I mean, you're going to go, oh, thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm having a really tough day. Really? Can I pray for you? Sure. Uh, I, I guess. Do you mean like right now? No, I won't embarrass you. You're working. But I'll, if you tell me what you need prayer for, I'll pray for you when I get out to the parking lot. That was such a God moment. I long for encounters with God. They happen really simply like that. It's just paying attention to them with thankfulness. What if you started, if we use this where we started with Jesus calling this morning, and you started thanking him for the things that he's going to take you through on this day? Before they happened, and just say, just add this to it. Help me be aware when it's you. Will God withhold that from you? No, not ever. You're creating a sensitivity in your soul, in your mind, in your motion, in your will. I want to be sensitive to God and to the reality that the Holy Spirit's in me and with me. And he goes before me and he's beside me and he's behind me and he's above me and he's below me. And he's with me all the time. And his main purpose is to reveal Jesus to you. That's the real purpose of us getting the Holy Spirit is so that we come to an understanding of knowing Jesus. So here's the question, not legalistically, but do you know God? Do you know the rhythms of his grace? Do you know his economy? We're going we're gonna to learn about it. Now look at this scripture. This is so often used for altar calls in the past and so many times used when we're downcast and, and 
beat up a little bit. And it, it is that because it reflects that. And that's all good, but I want to emphasize a point in the scripture that we often gloss over and don't see. So let's, matter of fact, let's read this together. Would you say with me, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, we're going through difficult times, man. This is a key verse to hang on to. When we're not going through difficult time, there's a key learning place in this. Look at verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and do what? Learn from me. What does he want you to learn? What do you think the Holy Spirit really wants you to learn? Why would Jesus even say this? Say it louder. Learn about Jesus. Learn about Jesus. What God's like. He makes it so simple. We make it so complex. If we can grab that, he wants me to learn about him. He wants me to learn what Jesus is like. What is Jesus like? You can answer. It's okay. There's just a handful of us this morning. You can answer. What is Jesus like? He's gentle. He's humble. He's kind. He's friendly. He's strong. He's peaceful. What's his ministry to us? He wants to give us rest. I will give you rest. Do you know? I know you, you do. Do you know how good it is to rest? Rest doesn't necessarily mean cease of all activity. Rest means I'm happy in the activities that I'm doing and it brings peace to me. I was resting this past week. So much so. Just resting in God's presence. Because I was on a river and its symbolism brings life to me. The river reminds me of who God is. For you it may be something different. But for me, I was born by a river. You know, the, the old symbolic stories of Moses being drawn out of the river. When I was a first a Christian, those spoke to me so much because I, I understood river life. I understood a stream. I, under, I understood the creatures that were in it. I, I learned it early on. And then I got trusted with it so much so my parent, no parent would do this today, no parent in their right mind, my parents let me go camping alone when I was 12. I went and said, I want to go catfishing, and I want to stay up late. Can I stay down at the river? And they went, okay. I'm going to take Pepper with me. That was my dog, a big, fierce rat terrier. I got down there. It was so scary. I wasn't really, well, I was scared of the dark, but you really get scared of the night noises when you're alone. You know, what? But let, there's a rest that begins to happen. Once I got beyond the fear of it 
and uh, I fell asleep, you know, uh, was so lathered up with mosquito repellent, you could smell me a mile away. But when I woke up in, in the morning, it was funny, even as a child, I, I just felt such rest. I could hear the water running. I could hear the river. I was only probably eight or ten feet from it. You think, were there snakes there? Sure. Were there critters around you? Probably. Were there eyes in the dark? Maybe. Just shut your eyes and you won't see them. Didn't see anything. Didn't see God wants us to go through life and understand that when we learn from him, his yoke is easy. Do not believe, and here I'm going to step on our toes this morning, you were not given a burden over something that God wants you to carry. I was taught that over and over and over again. You've got to get a burden in prayer. You've got to carry it through. No, you don't. I have to learn how to rest in God because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he will carry the burden, not you. You carry prayer and say, help me know how you do this. Learn of him. Learn how to do that. Now, if I stepped on your toes and you have a burden, uh, get rid of it. <laughs> Get rid, let it go. God, God, do you believe that God wants you to be happy? Oh, it's a chief ministry of the Holy Spirit. See, young people are convinced that God doesn't want them to be happy and, to, and that it was those things that were making them happy, so he doesn't want them to do it because he's not a happy God. That's not true about God at all. He wants you to be happy. Does he let you have sin? No. You will never be happy sinning. And it is never, listen, the issue of sinning. We have made forgiveness difficult and sinning easy by the way we look at it, approach it, and think about it. It is never easy for a believer. It doesn't matter what age you are. It is not easy to sin. First of all, you have the Holy Spirit of truth in you. So the minute you start getting tempted to sin, what happens? The truth pops up. So now you've got to go through some really hard machinations. This is how hard sin is. To decide of whether you're willing to pay the price for it or not. Because you know that there's a wage for sin. What is it? You all know this. Now we can do this in nanoseconds. It's funny how quick the brain works. But you will decide during temptation, I know this isn't right, but I want to do it. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says inside you, no, you don't. That's not what you really want. Because your spirit's alive. And what your spirit wants is God and Jesus and the knowledge of him and the goodness of him. And what we don't realize is it is really easy to say no to sin because sin is hard. It's hard to do. It's not easy to do. Forgiveness was not easy for Jesus 
but he gave it to us as a gift. I'm forgiven. And it's right there. And it's so that we can have rest for our souls. So ask yourself a question this morning. Are you at rest? I am. I'm at rest. I'm at rest in God. And that's what he wants me to learn. He wants me to get this. This is 2 Peter 1-2. And this is the benefits that we get from learning about God. I just want us to read it. It'll set us up for, for next week. It says this, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in what? The knowledge of God. Do you want more grace? Because there's different levels of grace. There's saving grace. There's an abundance of grace that Paul talked about. Do you want peace? Do you want abundant peace? Well, grace and peace be multiplied to you in what? The knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things. He doesn't say will give to us. It says what? Has given to us all things. That pertain to what? Life and godliness. Through what? The knowledge of him. This is why it's so important to know what he's like. Who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us. Again, what's this? It's been given to us. It's not going to be given to us. It's been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Now here's where the knowledge, you've got to stop right here. This is where the knowledge part comes in. Do you know what the promises of the new covenant are? Are you starting to learn them? Have you ever looked at the difference between what the old covenant methodology is and what the new covenant methodology is? Here's the primary difference. In the old one, you must do to get. In the new one, you receive because of what he did. I receive it. There's promises there. Everything from healing. Why doesn't God heal everybody? I don't know. I don't understand all that either. But the promises are there of healing and protection. So this is my 79-year-old brother. who He's your older brother, right? And he, he gets ready to pray for me as I get ready to leave up there Saturday morning. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, ever since COVID came into, on the scene in 2020, I've been praying a protective healing prayer over our family. And he said, and I believe that's why we haven't gotten COVID. I went, what? And he says, I believe, I prayed every day, and I believe that's why we haven't gotten COVID. I believe my brother. (laughs) 
because he gets promises of God and he's in a wheelchair so he ain't going anywhere. And he, you know, what's he got to do all day? Well, he prays a lot and fellowships with the Holy Spirit a lot and messes with his pigeons and looks at nature and he doesn't stop. This is an amazing man who's filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe what he said. Why? Because that's the precious promises that through these you may be partakers. Here's the new covenant. In the old covenant, we have to engage in something to get it. In the new covenant, we're partakers. Who invited you to this party? Jesus. But you're eating an awful lot of shrimp. Yeah, he, I get to partake of it. I can eat all the shrimp I want. Do you know what that's like? Oh, first time I worked, first year I was working at the House of Representatives, Arizona. I'd been an intern, and then they hired me and everything. And we had to go do this tour of the mining association of copper minings. And so we get there, and they have this big feast. Now, I had been living on Air Force pay for a whole lot of years, and then I was living on go-to-school pay that Uncle Sam was paying me to go to school. And Brenda was working, and but the money still wasn't like extravagant or anything. And I get to this elaborate event after we had to go see how they smelt copper, and get in there, and they have a bowl that's like this big around of jumbo shrimp. Yes. <laughs> and I went up and I looked at it and I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> shrimp? Like we can't afford shrimp. And the guy comes up to me and says, take all you want. I said, really? He said, take a whole plate full if that's what you want to eat. He said, there's more. And I looked down the table, I was filled with stuff. I ate shrimp. I was Forrest Gump. I can have as much Dr. Pepper as I want. I ate, I was throwing those shrimp down like they, they, they were M&Ms. I mean, it was, it was fierce. So much so that the person that I was there with said, slow down. <laughs> That's how we partake. That's the invitation from God when he says, come to me. We're to partake this way. There's no rule on how much goodness of God you can have. No, with nothing in the way. Isn't that incredible when you think about it? Why? Because I've escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust because now I am a partaker of the divine nature which means I learn now what, remember what we said what God is like I want to be more Christ like then be consistent in your character but you'll never know what you might do next it would even shock you you might move someplace you might stay someplace you might speak somewhere. You might be silent for three years. You never knew what, what you're going to do. But I'm a partaker of the divine nature. So I'm constant in my love, 
my love for God and love for others. I am constant in my hope and belief that he has a good plan and he wants to give me good promises. I become consistently learning that so that I am like that. Do you want to be Christ-like? Then listen to the seed that's already inside of you. And learn from it. Learn what he's like and then imitate him. Remember when Paul said this? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. You want your kids to learn about God? Imitate Christ. Don't tell them what to do and what not to do. What's right with Christ. <laughs> Be Christ-like. They will find, now they may not respond immediately, and they may go down some really weird paths. You did. Remember? But if we sing that song, oh no, <laughs> his heart's just going to be coming after me. Do you think God's going to leave your kids alone? No. I mean, kids, God ain't ever going to leave you alone. He just won't leave you alone. He's there all the time. Remember your first smooch? You guys, think back. You remember your first smooch? How big a deal it was? Why do you use that? Because that's such a big deal. God was there. Oh, you just ruined it. God's there. He didn't go anywhere. He knows exactly who you are and all of your human emotions. And he wants to lead you and guide you through your innocence. And he wants to relieve you and capture you out of your sin. Really, even still today, that's what we can learn. Pray with me. Oh, my Father, how excellent are you. All your works, the word says, are done in truth. You execute, it says you execute kindness towards us. Do that right now for every heart that needs kindness. Execute your kindness towards them. Let that be one of the precious promises that they know from you. Lord, let them kick shame and guilt and condemnation to the side of the road and let them live in the gloriousness of who you are. You're a good God. We are thankful for that. You are a kind Savior, and we are thankful for that. You're an amazing leader, and we are so thankful for that. You call us, you call us to faithfulness, and we are thankful for that. You let us know you love us, and we are so thankful for that. Thank you for your love. Thank you. Thank you that everything that you do is out of your love. We embrace and partake of that love this morning. And we receive it again into our souls. You love me, 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 you love me. What do you want from me, God? Oh, I remember. I love you, God. Because you first loved me. I love you, God. Because you love me. I love you, Jesus.
I'm in love with you, Jesus. I love you. I partake of you. In Jesus' name.